to Accountability Talks with AGA. This is your host, Paul Marshall. Today we're revisiting the topic of the FMQSMO, and we have Amy Edwards and Reed Waller here to give us some updates. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to another AGA podcast. All right, this is one of my favorites where we get to revisit a topic, give you guys more information, and uh, today's topic is the FM Cusmo. Am I saying that right, Reed? Yes. <laughs> you got it. We need to do our pronunciation guide, yes. Y- yeah, we'll go into pronunciation after after the intro here. But I uh, have two great guests here today. We have Amy Edwards and Reed Waller, so uh, I will let them introduce themselves. But again, we're going to go into what's... What's the latest on the Cusmo? What's happening? And uh, that's why they're here. So maybe, Amy, do you mind starting? Just reintroduce yourself. Great. Well, thanks for having me back again. I'm Amy Edwards. Uh, I'm a Deputy Assistant Secretary um, for Financial Transparency and Accounting Policy at the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Uh, And in my role, um, I oversee a lot of exciting programs. And um, to give you a sense of that, um, I oversee all of the accounting policies um, for, for government-wide activities, including the financial report for the U.S. government. We're proud that this year we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the financial wow. report, so that's, yeah. a, that's a noteworthy accomplishment this year. <laughs> uh, also oversee all the transparency activities that we have, so um, that includes usaspending.gov, uh, um, fiscaldata.treasury.gov, which is another exciting uh, mm-hmm. transparency portal where we provide a lot of data to the public. Uh, from across Treasury. Um, also oversee our financial innovation and transformation activities, and so looking at how we explore new technologies, um, including things like blockchain, uh, AI, uh, other other emerging technologies. And what I'm here to talk with you about today is I also get to work closely um, with our Bureau of the Fiscal Service in overseeing some of our, our shared services activities, including uh, the Financial Management QSMO, the Quality Service Management Office, and um, it's an initiative where um, we are, you know, it's a part of our Treasury's 10-year vision, which I'll talk a little bit more sure. about, but our real objective is to provide access to innovative and proven financial management solutions, expert guidance, and, and really that will help advance our government-wide financial management goals. So um, we're going to dive into more of that today, and uh, we have one of our experts, really, he's the, he's the person to talk to about the QSMO, is Reed Waller, who's uh, helping to lead the team at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. So I'll, I'll pause here. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Yeah, I'm Reed Waller, and I'm a, a financial systems analyst with the, the, the FM QSMO. And I have been with this with the Treasury uh, working in this position for the last couple of years, which is great. And before that, I was with the Justice Department for a number of years. And as an English major with a degree in arts management, as a master's, I never thought I would be a financial systems expert, but I believe <laughs> I actually am at this point. So that's one of the things I bring to the team is, is expertise in financial management systems. And also, I'm involved in um, promoting our customer experience and Customer awareness and human-centered design efforts to make sure that all of our offerings in our FMQ marketplace are designed with the customer in mind as as the as the bottom line. And I'm also involved in performance management and financial systems modernization. And we're a very seamless, small, and highly functional team. So I think we we all get very involved in a lot of stuff. All right. Well, welcome to you both. I'm very happy to have you here. All right. Well, why don't we dive into it? I thought we would start off maybe from a higher level, just tying, you know, the goal of, of the QSMO, aligning it up with, you know, the, the president's management agenda, executive orders that are out there. Maybe, Amy, do you mind jumping in on that? Sure. Um, well, hopefully your 
your listeners have, have heard that um, OMB and the administration recently issued the, the, the update of the president's management agenda. And um, just to recap, there are three kind of priorities that are outlined there. Um, uh, the first one is strengthening and empowering the, the federal workforce. The second is to deliver excellent, equitable, and secure federal services and customer experience. And the third is managing the business of government to build back better. So um, a lot of the work we're doing at Treasury, because we, we support a lot of the, the business operations for the federal government, really align well with the PMA. And so I'm happy to speak a little bit to really uh, maybe number two sure. around um, – you know, how we have excellent customer experience. I mean, that's something we've been very focused on at Treasury. And wanted to, to note something I mentioned a moment ago around this um, vision that we set for federal financial management. Um, back in 2018, we established this, this sort of vision for where we want to be in 10 years as a financial management community across government. And we've been working to to make, make improvements based on that. And so the heart of our vision is all about people and customers. And I just wanted to state this because I think it drives so much of the work that we're going to talk about yeah. today. Um, so our vision really seeks to meet Americans' expectations that the government is an efficient steward of financial resources, provides accurate financial information, and offers financial interactions that are modern, seamless, inclusive, and secure. So a real big focus of our financial management vision and the work we're doing at Treasury is really focused on the customers. And, and for us, it's, it's large part sometimes federal agencies in our shared services work, which we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. And Reed's going to you know, share a lot of really impressive engagement that we've been doing over the last couple of years to, to understand the needs of the community across government and finance. And then we also, because we're at Treasury and we, we conduct a lot of transactions with the public, we obviously want to make sure the public has – those modern digital experiences with the, mm -hmm. with the federal government whenever they're interacting with us or other agencies. So that's what we've been really focused on. So we've got a lot of work underway under that. So we're really supporting um, number two under right. the president's management agenda. But obviously, when you think about a, a quality service management office, the improvements that we need to make around um, software you know, uh, across the, the government, we need more modern financial systems. I mean, that's yeah. really what we're trying to do and help agencies have the resources the access to uh, software and solutions uh, that we, ha you know, and get get it easier, faster, um, and more simplified. So and standardized. So, mm -hmm. um, so what we've been working on the last couple of years, um, we, we've noticed that federal agencies' financial systems face critical modernization needs, and there are real opportunities to improve the compliance with financial management standards, leverage technology and shared solutions. And really reduce the lengthy deployment delays and cost overruns that you can see when you, um, you know, are pursuing a, an upgrade mm. and a modernization. It's a big task. For sure. So we're trying to help agencies, give them tools to make sure they can do that successfully and uh, stick within their budget and timeframes. Um, so recently we surveyed agencies and found that nearly 50% of civilian CFO Act agencies' core financial systems will need a significant um, modernization in the next five years. And it, or they or they're going to need a major upgrade or a new investment to, to replace their existing system. We also saw that about fifty six percent of those systems are hosted on premise still, mm. so they're not in the cloud today. Right. So I think there's some opportunities there, and, and certainly in in the work we're doing, we want to have more software as a service, cloud based solutions that agencies are depending on for the work that they do uh, in their systems across government. So the QSMO that we're going to talk more about today is really designed to help agencies modernize those core financial systems across government 
And our vision for the CUSMO is to really be a valued partner for agency leaders as they work to strengthen federal financial management and plan for needed modernizations. Um, so we're really focused, uh, our, our, we're working to create a marketplace, which I think we're going to talk a lot more about today. And it's three things driving us. Focus on the customer experience. Listen to the agencies. That's a big, important yeah. one. The second one is maximize the strategic value of data. And the third piece is we really want to deliver progress using agile processes. So that's a big part of what's driving our work. And um, so we'll talk more about it, but that's just an introduction to what we're doing, how it aligns very well with, I, I think, a lot of the priorities uh, in the president's management agenda. And uh, we're, we're happy to talk more about that today and get into the details. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, the customer experience, that's popping up everywhere. I mean, it's a very hot topic, important thing right now. I've seen that come up every every conference, every conversation. I mean, it seems like no, you know, common sense, right? But it's just, it's great you guys are focusing on that very explicitly. Very so. much so. And the cloud thing, too, is funny. I was just throwing an anecdote in there, but I know some of these software vendors, they don't even, they're not even offering non-cloud anymore. They're yeah. saying, come with us to the cloud or get something else. It's just basically, this is where technology is now. So it's just we got to adapt and, and use the best things, right? So, so Reed, why don't you uh, jump in here? We want to talk a little more specifically about the QSMO. Um, maybe just tell us, you know, what have you been up to the last year there? What, what are some things you've yeah, accomplished? Yeah, a couple, three years, really, yeah. uh, that the team has been putting together a lot of work. Well, so we have been, you know, standing up uh, an initiative, essentially. And over the last year and a half or so, um, yeah, year and a half, We've actually accomplished a lot. We've had 15 workshops or customer engagement activities that leveraged the human-centered design and design thinking principles to, to determine what the pain points are for the customers to make sure, as I, I mentioned before, that we're designing a marketplace of solutions that that meet the customer's needs. And I love how the, the, the PMA has the emphasis on the customer experience, but it also is talking about empowering the, the federal workforce. And from my perspective, why I feel like why I'm here is partly to make sure that the voice of the customer is represented because I'm a former customer of the Treasury Department. Right. I was with the Justice Department before and I worked extensively with Treasury, I think as a in a very productive partnership, right? But um, I I do feel the pain of the people that were in the operational offices in our in our accounting offices and the in the people that, that process payments and collections. And the, the CX work that we're doing, and, and I think what we found is that the customers really respond to what we're trying to do. But the CX work that we're doing is to say, you know, where does it, where does it hurt? Tell me where it hurts. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the answer seems to be modern technology, standards. They want us to help standardize things so that they can focus on the things that are truly unique to their missions for their, their agency. So we've done a lot in that regard. We've um, developed um, some profiles for the system, so that's how a Amy was able to, 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 to know how many need to be modern, modernized in the immediate future. And we've also done a lot of um, agent, uh, industry outreach because we see industry as very strong partners in helping us to, to make sure that we design a workshop, uh, design a catalog and a marketplace of solutions. So we've done two requests for information. Uh, over the course of that, we had 63 different companies respond to the, the RFIs, and we've had over 1,400, almost 1,500 um, questions or comments or suggestions that we have adjudicated and, and pretty much used over the last year and a half to, to develop what we call the financial management capability framework. And that is a set of 15 artifacts that 
agencies all weighed in on and that that the industry all weighed in on and subject matter experts in other lines of business, um, other other business areas weighed in on. And so we are about to have a big reveal of that <laughs> actually within the next week. The timing is, and, and by the time this podcast hits the uh, interweb waves, th- it should be out there and available for people to take a look at. But the financial management capability framework is a set of specifications that build on the existing standards from the federal integrated business framework and make them sort of real. They actualize them so that we can say, okay, if we needed to, to, to get a system that followed these standards so everybody everybody in the federal workforce knows what they're dealing with and knows what is that this is all being taken care of in an out-of-the-box product for them, then wh- what do we need to else also specify? And so we're really proud of the achievement that went into that, and it's te- definitely a group effort from the, the entire government. Um, in addition to that, that gives us a path, right? If we have a financial management capability framework, then we can tell the, um, the the industry partners, here's what you need to be providing in your products, in your SaaS cloud solution. And that gives us a path for modernizing the legacy systems that are still on-premise or that, in need some, or that are in need of some kind of modernization inflection, I call it. So it, it all integrates together, but we've done a lot of work around that. Um, we have... Um, I mentioned the profiles, but we're also working with three agencies that are already underway in their modernization initiatives. So so we're working with them to make sure that the work that they're doing both feeds our process to say, you know, what what are you discovering as you try to get various stakeholders within your large agency on board? And also we're trying to make sure that everything's done in parallel and it converges eventually. Right. Well, speaking of that, yeah, I mean, what, what are you doing to help these agencies until the marketplace is up and running? You know, what kind of activities have you been doing there? Yeah, yeah. So we, um, I mentioned that we have some some sort of formal modernization partnership agreements with, with, with three agencies that are already underway. And then for the agencies that it looks like they will be able to make use of our marketplace offerings, which I should say the big reveal, and maybe I, I, sh- I don't know if I should wait till the end to reveal it, but <laughs> maybe I'll say it now and I'll come back to it, is that by mid-May, we expect uh, industry partners to be able to start proposing solutions and really by the end of the fiscal year so by q4 of this fiscal year agencies will have a selection of offerings that they can start to choose from Mm -hmm. so the big the big level of work that we've been doing all those things i was saying before lead up to the availability of the marketplace with actual commercial solutions in them i should also say that the the federal shared service providers we're also working with them to make sure that their solutions are also included in our marketplace right. and are available as another option um, for, for any agencies that need to do any kind of modernization or look for services. So, so all of that is, is, is leading to that. We, we work with agencies that are in a sort of imminent need to modernize may, uh, phase right now. Mm-hmm. So we, we know that they may have a contract that is expiring or their system is just getting out of date. So we're working with them to modernize. We're developing modernization plans. We're, we're refining our information on financial system um, environment out there. So we're, we're getting a good count and, and good data points about the different financial systems that are deployed out in the agencies. So, um, And we're also cross-pollinating. We're, we're working with agencies to share success stories, share issues, help, helping to put <coughs> different – different agencies that are modernizing in touch with other agencies that need to know the same information. 
Um, and 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 you know, Amy mentioned the different um, the different uh, standards leads across the different different lines of business. So we're working with those agents with those um, standards leads as well. So we're doing a lot of work to sort of move things forward as well. So, yeah, I th- you know, I'm sure with you've been the last couple of years you've been working on this two three years. You know, I know you had a goal in mind. I'm sure you know we want this marketplace. We want to you know provide this guidance. I mean, as you were learning about the current situation out there, though, were anything anything come out surprising or st- things that you didn't you know realize that w- was the truth out there? Um, it wasn't really that surprising, but of course the the fact that almost half of the the, the CFO Act non uh, civilian CFO Act agencies need to modernize within a, a fairly short time frame that mm. was not surprising, but it was it sort of confirmed, confirmed things that we suspected. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I also found surprising and and heartening the fact that when we talked to very informed stakeholders from our agency customer base, they said, yes, please standardize. Please do this. We really see a benefit to the FMQSMOs initiative here. We all know that everybody says, I mean, the story that people say is everybody else should standardize, but I'm I'm unique and I have my mm-hmm. unique preference. Well, the, the approach of the QSMO um, is that we're going to have uh, providers offer what we call our core financial system baseline solution, but there's always flexibility and interoperability with any kind of customized or enhanced or mm-hmm. specially configured or extended, whatever the terminology you want to use and whatever the technologies use. There, there's going to be mission-specific functionality right. that needs to, to really be – very closely aligned and provided in the in the agency's specific core financial system. So by by standardizing what's common across agencies, we're empowering the workforce to not have to worry about that, right? right. And we're also standardization also helps to to bring in that flexibility, the agility to, to onboard new innovative technologies, right? So the more, for example, you standardize, the more your RPA efforts are not necessarily you know, going to have to be customized for every different solution, right? right? More more common use of data element terms and more common data processes is going to make your RPA initiatives, you know, easier to redeploy or re- reconfigure yeah. for different instances and therefore, again, empowering the workforce. It's so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to just highlight something that you said earlier, Reed, that surprised me and it's been just so encouraging as we've been doing this work for the last few years is that I think you, you said that there were over 400 volunteers from agencies who have been involved in our workshops and have really been involved with us in developing all the products that we have so far and will hopefully remain engaged. But that's a huge yeah. amount of, you know, those are people who are volunteering to p- contribute, to be a part of this community and mm-hmm. to give us input to, to get it right. And so, yeah. I mean, I think that's the heart of this human-centered design approach. You've got to have partners and in your with your customer community to engage with you and help you. And I've just been really pleased, maybe not surprised, but really pleased to see that we've had that uh, really strong engagement and the demand. I mean, I think people need resources, yes. and they see this as a very valuable mm-hmm. – I, I hope they see it. That's what I'm hoping that, that I'm seeing from that number, that it's so large that they're really seeing the mm-hmm. value in the work that's being yeah, done. I believe they do. Yeah, no, I mean, one thing I'm definitely seeing in the federal government, if there's a – that you can build a community really quickly. People are really enthusiastic about a lot of these initiatives. I mean, RPA, for example, there's a federal community of that, or AI, or whatever it may be. And obviously, systems modernization is a huge thing. I'm I'm happy you got you had so much participation. I'm sure you could get more. And and I think also, um, 
again, not surprised. Well, a little surprisingly, I think um, the feedback we've gotten from industry has been very much in the majority positive mm-hmm. ab- about this approach, about the approach of standards-based solutions, yeah. because the industry providers, the, the vendors of software and the integrators and, and the providers, they would like to really start with a common baseline as well and just know what the requirements are. And I think right. the the more we look at, okay, this is a standard requirement across the government. Let's all be clear that that's it, and let's let's agree to a release schedule for that, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's look at when we are going to realistically be going to be able to deploy that, and let's all agree on that, industry and government, and everybody wins from that because we all know what the expectations are. Right. Well, you were talking about some of those unique requirements, and that's just a fact. I mean, every agency is going to have something special. I mean, th- there's always a great co- – you know, there's got to be some kind of core system that they can utilize, but they're going to have to have something special, some functionality. I mean, I think I worked with the Federal Trade Commission or somebody had some kind of interest that only they statutorily had to do this way. So they, they couldn't do it in the system because there was no system that did it for them, right? So these things exist. So uh, I'm getting at, you know, how do you set standards or what are some things that you all saw when you were trying to put standards together, you know? Yeah, well, let me give a little context to the standards work that we're, we're seeing across government. And then I'll, I'll pivot over to Reed to talk specifically about how we've operationalized some of these uh, standards that we've been working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think what, one step back further is, you know, in order, the reason why better modern financial systems are so important is that we need better real-time financial data to drive, uh, you know, the decisions and informed decisions uh, on how we run the government and the business of government. So data mm-hmm. really is the, is a key, and that's what that's, that's underlining, you know, underpinning all of this. And so there was an effort stood up a few years ago. Um, I think Reed, you also mentioned it. Um, it's the Federal Integrated Business Framework, and it's something that's led by GSA. And Treasury's a, a member there. You know, uh, I, we run the financial management line of business. So in addition to the QSMO, we also oversee the standard setting for the financial management community, which is something obviously Treasury's done for a long time. Mm-hmm. But we've used this new framework that I think is really important. And the reason it's important is because what we're trying to do is not only improve our financial data, but we're trying to improve all of the administrative data across mm-hmm. government to make it more interoperable and connected. Right. And so we can, you know, back in our own agencies, you can connect finance data with HR data and technology data and yep. all this information, that vast information we have across the federal government. How do we tap into it? How do we organize it, manage, and govern it in a consistent way so that we can all use it better? So, right. I mean, I think what you're hearing today from us is what we're doing in finance, but there are other efforts in the grant space and cyber. You know, there are other QSMOs and there are other lines of business uh, who have also set those standards. And, you know, for example, there are, you know, the life cycles, uh, the capabilities, the use cases, of course, the data elements, and then there's also performance metrics that are all part of that framework. And having that consistency across government is quite powerful. So I've, I've been, you know, there's a business standards council where we all meet and we share what we're doing with others across government to make sure there's alignment and we're all consistent. So I think that work is not widely known, and I think mm. critically important, and it underpins yeah. all the work that we've been doing with the QSMO in in helping to ensure that we are based on standards that are going to work uh, not only for finance but hopefully for others, so they can use this to connect 
other information to it across government. So that's my that's my plug for why this is so valuable. And and I'll I'll pivot over to to Reed to share a little bit more about some of the exciting um, developments on on how we've taken those standards and then are now operationalizing them into the QSMO and the solutions. Yes, thank, thanks, Amy. So, uh, for example, you mentioned data elements. We uh, have a fairly mature set of business data elements that are for the financial management world, right? That um, have specific consistent labels and specific, you know, authoritative sources and uh, specific sets of domain values, right? This is something that's in a standards, you know, framework. But it, the expectation is that any solution that the the vendors bring to the to the marketplace will be able to translate to that, right? Mm-hmm. And that also then gave us the ability in our financial management capability framework to build out some of the capabilities that we would expect from a, our baseline solution. For example, we we expect the baseline solutions to be delivered with a standard set of reference tables. There are refer- there's reference data that all the federal agencies need to use, mm-hmm. and let's have a common language, and we can describe what that is and what's in those tables. We also are specifying in the FMCF, the, the acronyms, right? <laughs> we don't call it the FMCF, we right. call it the FMCF. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> but there's also in the FMCF a set of standard business reports for financial management that are what are the standard outputs and, you know, not really caring about what for, so agnostic of format, agnostic of whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or a PDF, but some kind of output that, uh, that, an, that an operations staff person in financial management needs to see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for example, the um, any kind of unliquidated obligations report, for example, right? Something that's a very common re- report that people need to see. So, and I certainly hope that that is one of the ones that we specified in our <laughs> in our specification. But uh, <laughs> if it's not, it would eventually be. Yeah. Um, but but in any case, we've got a common set of data elements that we can now describe that report with, and therefore people can build and not waste a lot of time trying to define what those data elements mean. Right. No, that's perfect. That's that's like the definitive source in a way. Or yeah. and, and just to, for another little small thing that um, to pick up on something that that Amy mentioned when she spoke last year, um, working with our colleagues in the in the financial management line of business, the standard setting agency for for FFM for federal financial management. We've also been working on figuring out what are the standard ways to describe the the interoperability of data. So what are the what we call business information exchanges? So mm-hmm. again technology agnostic as to whether it's a web web service call or whether it's an interface or you know download of a, CB, a CSV file um, but we're now able to describe that and with the federal integrated business framework and that work across the different lines of business from from GS that GSA is spearheading we we now can say you give us this data element we don't care what you call it in grants be nice if you call these common data elements the same thing but give us what you call it give us travel information, and we can now translate that because mm-hmm. we know what data elements we're talking about and we know what business logic is associated with each of those data exchanges. So that's another way we're operationalizing all the standards. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, we have a couple more questions for you. We're going along pretty quick here, but um, I did want to ask, you know, how's that been going as far as engaging with industry? You know, how are they contributing to the effort? Um so we've engaged industry uh, extensively over the last couple of years. We've had six actual um, real-time engagement events between office hours and um, meetings to talk about core financial system-specific needs. 
And we're also looking to have another industry reveal uh, within the next few days from when we're recording this that will be about our, our acquisition approach and the opportunities for industry to become involved and to participate and provide offerings in the marketplace. And so that's sort of kind of the big news. That's the most recent interesting thing to talk to industry about, which is that the General Services Administration, which is going to be our contracting officer for the FMQ marketplace's commercial offerings, is modifying the multiple award schedule to include a financial management QSMO IT special item number, which will mean that vendors will be able to, through this existing contract vehicle, the multiple award schedule, um, apply to have their contract modified and be evaluated by the FMQ SMO as far as the technical requirements of the meeting the standards that, and, and the financial management capability framework that we talked about. And then they'll be added to the multiple award schedule under the FMQ SMO SIN and therefore be a part B. And then agencies will be able to place um, to, to begin acquisition efforts under that uh, special item number to start deploying FMQ SMO evaluated solutions. Awesome. Well, um, and I think another thing folks would love to know, you know, once this is up and running, which you said it's coming soon here, you know, what, what is this going to look like? You know, give us a flavor for that. Yes. So um, by the end of the fiscal year, when we expect to have a number of vendors already have made proposals and then been evaluated and added to the special item number, we would be, uh, we have an, an online marketplace portal um, that will allow agency customers or other stakeholders who are interested to see what is available in the marketplace. And one of the benefits of the multiple award schedule approach for onboarding vendors is that we, on a rolling basis, can allow vendors to come in as they come up with changes mm -hmm. uh, or as new entrants into the field, let's say, meeting the, the goal of diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility from the administration. If we want new vendors that have not done a lot of federal business before, they can be easily added. Uh, or if somebody's just got a new solution, you know, all the RPA vendors that you know a few years ago became very prominent, they can easily be added as one of the other FM solutions or services in mm -hmm. our our marketplace. So, on a rolling basis, customers will be able to see what's available and and what some of the particulars are. You know, what's included in the offering. You know, what what do they need to provide to the vendor? Do they need to provide a computer or not? You know, or is it something is some kind of a subscription or software as a service solution. So uh, there will be, and we've used a lot of our customer experience and human-centered design efforts to, to design what that portal should look like. Those are still underway. We've designed some wireframes, so we expect, again, by the end of the fiscal year to have not just the commercial solutions but also the treasury centralized services solutions, the things that are common across um, the government that treasury provides as solutions like e-invoicing, or G-invoicing, mm -hmm. or collections, or debt management. Those will all be part of our catalog and marketplace. The commercial solutions will also be there. Yeah, I think that's a real, I mean, that's what I was going to add. I mean, I think that one-stop marketplace shop where you can get federal shared service providers who are in the market already, those centralized services that Treasury provides to federal agencies as part of our work and mission, and then I think those new solutions that Reed was just mentioning, and, and the related professional services. So it's all those items, one place, here it is, standardized, make it easy for agencies. And to a get, consistent to user experience, to use another buzzword, right? Yeah, so absolutely. UX, yeah. CX, all that is great. All those Xs are great. That's right. 
Well, I think, yeah, you, you kind of covered my last question, too, you know, just the next few months, because as you said, we've got these uh, solicitations coming out. We've got the, the new SIN code coming up here. So, yeah, anything else you want to add as we close out? or just, just very specifically, if it is an industry partner listening, then they should be checking the usual places on GSA where they see opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the we expect mid-May, uh, don't hold me to this specific <laughs> date, Sure. But mid-May, GSA will be officially refreshing. They call it the multiple award schedule. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, the doors will be open for vendors to propose things for the FMCC marketplace. And we will be also making numerous appearances uh, coming up. Plugging, We can plug AGA. We are hoping <laughs> we might be able to speak at AGA PDT, so, uh, as well as some other industry events. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. I think if – you're a federal agency and you haven't connected with the QSMO and you know you have a need mm-hmm. in the next few years, now is the time. If you haven't talked to us already, which many agencies have, you should really be reaching out to the QSMO and trying to connect with us because you, you want to be included and be aware of what's coming. Right. So get on our, you know, contact us, get on our listserv, get in the community if you're not already. And then if you're a vendor, um, I, I would say that, you know, uh, many are engaging with us, but you can also connect with us to make sure you're getting the latest information. Yes, that I would network. say, and mm-hmm. vendor, customer, anybody, uh, anybody who's interested, uh, FMQSMO, that's F-M-Q-S-M-O, at fiscal.treasury.gov. Uh, our team reads that. They'll refer it to the right person. If it's if your industry, they'll probably ref- be referred to me. So um, reach out to us. Great. And also um, make a plug for um, the fiscal services, financial management vision for the future. Um, we just also released our progress update. Um, it's actually, you know, we, we, we try to practice what we preach. We're data-driven. We track our progress, and we provide updates to our community. So if you go if you uh, go to fmvision.fiscal.treasury.gov, I think you can find um, find that resource and, and all the details about what that means and all of the progress that we've made. Um, and maybe we can share those links with your mm-hmm. listeners because um, I think there's a lot of really great information there, and uh, we want to keep people in, in, engaged. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, and we'll put those links on the website, too, for all the listeners, and uh, this has been great. Well, thank you very much for uh, for joining the podcast today. I think we're going to keep spreading that word, so thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. AGACGFM.org is where you go, or all your pod catchers, as they call them. We're out there, so... Until that next time that you tune in, this is your host, Paul Marshall, for Accountability Talks with AGA.